It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important story. Socialization of transportation, education, energy, housing, and water. What it means is, is that government controls it through rules and regulations. The latest in politics and world affairs. Under this guise of bipartisanship and nonpartisanship, it's actually tapped down the truth. Today's current opinions and ideas. On an equal field in the battle of ideas, mistruths or misconceptions, and it is getting us into a world of hurt. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. And welcome to the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, valued. You have purpose today. Strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. And I get to work with a wonderful team. That is producer Luke, producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, Charlie, Jen, Echo, and all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Be sure and check out our website. That is KimMunson.com, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You'll get first look at our upcoming guests as well as our most recent essays. You can Email me at Kim at KimMunson.com. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And we are just thrilled. We have pre-recorded these shows for you this week and very special shows. And a very special guest is Scott Powell. And he is an author. He is uh, at the Discovery Institute, but has this very important book, Read Discovering America, how the national holidays tell an amazing story about who we are. And I took a road trip this uh, this last summer, and uh, I listened to it on audiobooks, and it is it is fascinating. And I would highly recommend the book. Scott Powell, welcome to the show. So good to be with you, Kim. And great to be with your audience in this Christmas season. In this Christmas season. And Christmas actually is on the twenty the twenty fourth, twenty fifth. And then we're in the this Christmas season now up until Epiphany, correct? And that's typically around the fifth of January, yes? Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know the Orthodox Christians celebrate uh Christmas a week later. Uh, uh, than than uh, December twenty fifth. So it's it's very interesting, and the Orthodox is a very large part of Christianity now. <clears throat> well, not so much in America, but in uh, East Europe and Russia and so forth. Well, in Orthodox, uh, why is that called Orthodox? Well, there, you know, after <clears throat> when the Church uh, originated, after uh, you know, after Christ, after Christ was was crucified and resurrected. And the disciples uh, went out um, and to spread the word. Um, you know, the, the, it really took root, perhaps in the in the Roman uh, in the Roman world and the Roman Empire. But uh, there there was <clears throat> politically there there were uh, there was opposition to Rome, and in the end, uh, the Orthodox Church. And I'm not a, an expert on the history of the Orthodox Church. Arose in places like Turkey, the Middle East, and, um, and that would be like uh, 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 you know Lebanon, Syria, um, in, the, in, in those areas. And, and later, I think that the Orthodoxy really got concentrated in the Eastern European countries, <clears throat> and that would include you know Russia. Um, so. Um, they, 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 you know, there has always been dispute about the date of Christmas because how do we know it was uh, December twenty fifth? And different people have calculated in different ways in the Orthodox 
a church, uh, you know, decided on a different date to celebrate Christmas. It's, it's a week apart from December 25th. It's it's fascinating, but the the big the big thing is is Christmas. What yes. is the meaning of Christmas, Scott Powell? Well, the essence and meaning of Christmas is, of course, that it marks the birth of Jesus Christ, and He came into the world as the Son of God, a, the Savior for all who accept Him. Uh, but. He, he, in fact, was God himself, uh, with God's attributes and God's power. The most important thing about Christ is personal, and that is that people, you and I and all your listeners, uh, who bring him into their lives experience uh, rebirth, and they also have the promise of eternal life. Jesus Christ, being God who became man, what's amazing is that he divided history in two. He affected history with um, with such an impact that he split time into dividing all human activities and events into happening before his coming, which is called B.C., or after his coming, and that's A.D. And when you think about it, no one else in human history affected time in such a way, and no one else. Christ had to have had a supernatural impact for that to be accepted by non-Christians around the world, and yet everyone agrees to the time. We all agree on on the measurement of time, so the reference of B.C. and A.D. Uh, transcends uh, the, the Christian world. It's quite, quite remarkable. Scott, that, that's so interesting that you would say that, but remember over the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years, this postmodernism, they were trying to get rid of the B.C. and A.D. I don't think they were successful, but think about that. Here we've had 2,000 years of history, and then within the last this minute number of years, they're trying to get rid of that, but I find this fascinating. I hadn't thought about it that that that, that was prev- the B.C. A.D. was prevalent through all cultures. That's fascinating. It really is. It is quite remarkable. And I think the, the, the movement to change that, to, to move away from uh, a Christian-based time uh, reference and measurement, is just part of the war on Christianity. I mean, we mm-hmm. know that Christianity was born out of persecution. And finally, after the, after the Council of Nicaea, uh, Constantine's acceptance of Christianity, everything changed, uh, so the persecution greatly diminished and Christianity flourished right into the Middle Ages, uh, right? To, you know, it, it fueled the Renaissance. You could argue that it fueled the scientific revolution. It certainly, and we'll talk about it, it drove the, the you know, not just the scientific revolution, but the exploration revolution, the desire to enlarge, uh, the, you know, to, to explore the world because, uh you know, there was a lot of superstition. Uh, the world was flat, so, you know, sailors didn't want to go too far. They might sail off the edge <laughs> of the world. When when the scientific revolution changed all that, uh, and, and everyone agreed that it was round, then that opened the door uh, to sailing across the sea around the world. And that was, of course, the calling of Columbus and later Magellan, who was the first to circumnavigate uh, the Earth, although Magellan never survived to the very end, but his crew did. And so he's given credit for the, circumna- the first circumnavigation of the world. Fascinating. Fascinating. Yeah. So anyway, let's get back to our, mm-hmm. our, our discussion on, on, on Christ, on Jesus. Think about it. Christ had no servants 
and yet everyone called him master. He had no formal education or degree, yet educated Jews called him rabbi and teacher. Jesus had no, no medicines, and yet he was desperately sought, at, sought out as a healer. He had no army, yet emperors and kings feared him. So history shows that so many levels of human advancement were made possible by God who became man, born in the humble circumstances of a dirty stable in the small village of Bethlehem, which was a spark in the vast Roman Empire. I mean, you know, an obscure spark. And while the Roman Empire would, would crumble and fall, Jesus, who had neither an army nor won any military battles, went on to become the Lord and Savior for people who believe all over the world. And, and we know that one of the things he said, he said, uh, <clears throat> my kingdom is not of this world. So then I think it would be worthwhile, especially for, you know, for people that might be uncertain about, about Christ and, and their relationship with him to talk about the need for a savior. Why, why do we need a savior? Uh, isn't it interesting that when we look at history, people have been motivated to, to flee oppression and escape persecution from the beginning of recorded history. A recurring theme in Western classical literature, and, and for that matter, in modern classics, such as Superman and Disney originals, they, they revolve around the struggle between good and evil and the need and critical role for a rescuer, mm-hmm. or we could say a savior. The ultimate rescuer for mankind it, it, is the savior. Is <laughs> the savior of mankind. He is called a messiah, right? No one disagrees with that. And history shows that it is only Christianity that has its roots and its entire reason for being in the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Uh, and in fact, no other religion makes the claim that it was founded by a Messiah. Only Christianity makes that claim. No other religion. Uh, now, there were other other religions have been waiting for a Messiah. The Jews were waiting for a Messiah, um, but Christianity is based on recognizing Jesus Christ as the Messiah. The founder of Christianity was the Messiah. So. So the Christmas holiday is the celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and the most consequential being in all of history. Um, so let's, let's talk about a few of the unique attributes of Christ that could maybe help uh, people think about why they can be sure of Jesus Christ as being the Messiah. First... Uh, Christ is more historically verifiable than any other person who lived in that time and era. This is ancient time, an ancient time, as we know. And that would include such luminaries living in his time as Roman emperors, Aristotle, who came before Christ, or Alexander the Great, who also came before Christ. Christ is the only person in history uh, who was pre-announced a thousand years before he was born. And that, and, and that was from 18 different prophets from the Old Testament between the 10th and the 4th centuries B.C. And those prophecies predicted his coming, birth, his life, and his death. And isn't it amazing that hundreds of years later, after those prophecies, 
the circumstances of Christ's birth, life, and death validated those prophecy in surprisingly accurate detail. This is absolutely unique to Jesus Christ. There is no one else in human history who was forecast to come uh, by multiple sources with great detail, who then later came and fulfilled those prophecies. And no one else, only Jesus Christ. Okay, Scott, now, I, I, I'm gonna, I want to ask you a question. We need to go yeah. to break uh, yeah. on this. And uh, the question is, is why... God waited so long. I mean, he was pre-announced, you know, many, many years before he was born. I just want to find out what your thoughts are as, as why why wait so long in history. So I'm going to go to break. On the line with me is Scott Powell, and he is a senior fellow at the Discovery Institute. And we're talking about uh, the the chapter regarding Christmas in this amazing book that he has written. And, and uh, that is Rediscovering America. What um, actually I went over to your bio here. Uh, and that is Rediscovering America, how the national holidays tell an amazing story about who we are. Uh, but before we go to break... I just wanted to mention a great new sponsor of the show, and that is the Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance Team. And they understand that there are a number of unknowns that can keep you up at night. And that is why Roger Mangan can also help with life insurance and health insurance needs to replace lost income. Call Roger Mangan at 303-795-8855 for a complimentary appointment. And like a good neighbor, Roger Mangan Insurance is there. This is called service. You hooked me up with auto and renters. Props to my insurance mentor. You made it easy to cover my bed in a box and my extensive collection of clocks. You know, I find it kind of funny that you also saved me money. You've got that good neighbor charm. Give it up. For State Farm. Three Points Financial is a fiduciary financial planning company focused on helping individuals and families. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz at Three Points Financial specialize in investment strategies, tax planning and preparation, and retirement planning with no product sales or commissions. Tax laws have changed and will continue to change. Inflation is real. Three Points Financial helps you maneuver through these changes to achieve your financial success. For clarity and a solid, relevant financial and investment plan while working with a company that puts your interests at the forefront, schedule a no-obligation initial consultation at threepointsfinancial.com. That's threepointsfinancial.com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com as well. I am thrilled to have the, on the line with me Scott Powell. We are uh, pre-recording this special show for you uh, for our time in between Christmas and New Year's. Great book, Rediscovering America, How the National Holidays Tell an Amazing Story About Who We Are, and I highly recommend this. And Scott Powell is a senior fellow at the Discovery Institute. So I left this question on the table, Scott, is uh, when you read the Bible, and the Bible is really, I think, a complete story about God wanting to have relationship with man. But but I guess so you have to look at it as a big story, as a long story. But my question was, here Christ was pre-announced a thousand years before he was born. What do you say to people? Why did God wait so long? Well, 
first of all, God's time is not our time. Um, I'd make that point first. Secondly, I think that there has to be a foundation. A truth teller has to have a foundation established so that the truth can be heard by the recipient. You know, you could you could make the case if if we were to talk about what's an example of that in modern times. Truth is now coming out about America and how the how how corruption has has entered the highest places in our government. We could even say almost that all of our agencies are largely corrupt in America. Mm-hmm. Now, people aren't ready to hear that. Um, most people would just not accept that. Um, and so they've got to be ready. And so one could argue that the last few years as this information has been getting out, uh, certainly people who you know, who followed the recommendation of the CDC and the medical establishment to get vaccinated, uh, you know, uh, to get immunity supposedly from COVID-19, they're not, those people are not ready to hear what's, go, what's coming out, right, right now. Because the, you know, the, the, the secondary collateral harm uh, from vaccination is now, you know, coming to, you know, it's coming to be known. And as it gets more widely known, then uh, people will be more able to understand it, accept it, look at the facts, and then, you know, then act accordingly. Um, so, and, and then government policy needs to change too, because, uh, you know, it's really the governments that have foisted this, the government, government, CDC, the health administration right right from the the highest level of our of our government this is you know there's been a lot of pressure on people to get vaccinated as though it's something good and normally it would be good uh but these vaccines were developed so quickly uh that they didn't do the proper testing and we're we're faced with a very big problem now Mm -hmm. so it's it's time so I think, first of all, it's it's pretty clear to me that God needed to be, you know needed to establish a uh, a people, a nation, um, and that's why in the Bible you find the tracking of lineage, uh, so that you know Jesus' ancestry goes all the way back to to David to, to Abraham. Um, this is a, a lineage, and it was the nation of Israel had to be formed. And of course, they were the Israelites were in bondage and in slavery in Egypt, and, and finally Moses came as a forerunner to Jesus, really. And there's so many parallels to the two of them, uh, and we don't have time for, to, to talk about that. But and he led them out of Egypt. Um, it took a lot, took a lot longer because they were, you know, they, they were they were disobedient and doubters and so forth and so on. This is the problem. I mean, when we, the answer to your question, Kim, is that people are doubters. They're not ready for the truth. They're not, they keep falling back on their unfaithfulness and their, and their doubting. And so God needs to establish a foundation that his truth can be known. So finally, when the Israelites came in uh, to the promised land, to Canaan, and it became a nation of Israel, the Jewish people then were being prepared to receive the Messiah, but they were expecting someone different than Jesus Christ. They were expecting a, you know, a, a someone who could stand up to the Roman Empire, perhaps a military leader. Their, their idea uh, of the Messiah was different than this humble man, Jesus, who came and 
so that's you know that's you know that I, I could segue into the second point I was going to make on how people can be sure. Uh, of Christ, and they can trust that He is the only Savior, you know, which is to say, really the, the answer to everyone's life. You know, He lived; uh, Christ lived, and not only demonstrated His otherworldly power to heal and perform the ultimate miracle of bringing the dead back to life, but He set the absolute highest standard of love possible. You know, He was built; He was willing to give His life for others, for all of us, for all of mankind. As he prophesied, uh, his, uh, his resurrection confirmed God's power and his plan, uh, providing seeing as believing uh, evidence. In other words, part of the reason for the resurrection was to provide the evidence beyond any shadow of a doubt that God uh, was manifest in Jesus Christ. Because Jesus was dead, buried in a tomb, uh, how could a dead man, uh, you know, come back to life? Well, you know, God wanted to demonstrate, give, seeing his believing evidence by bringing him back to life and being buried in that tomb, uh, providing people with the living proof of, here, of who he was. And it's interesting, Jesus then, after being resurrected, made ten separate appearances to his disciples between the resurrection and his ascension into heaven, a period of, of 40 days. Some of those appearances were to individual disciples, we know that. Some were to several di- disciples at the same time. And even uh, at one point, we know that there were 500 people gathered to see the resur- that saw the resurrected Jesus. And additionally, we, we don't know all the times that Jesus appeared to his disciples during those 40 days for the disciple John himself explained um, in the gospel uh, that um, there wasn't a complete record. I think he specifically said, uh, uh, and this is a rough quote, Jesus did many other things in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in the book. So that suggests there may have been more appearances. Now, the third, uh, you know, big reason that I would share with the audience is that no other religion teaches that God became flesh. In other religions, God is too high, otherworldly and pure, to really be accessible in terms of having a communion with believers. But in Christianity, God had his son born in the humbleness of a stable, and he was raised in Nazareth, which was a small and very poor town that was one of the lowest in social status in Israel, because he wanted his son to be approachable by people from all walks of life. You know, in spiritual paths outside of Christianity, God is elevated and holy and can only be approached through a certain formality, rituals, and good works. The Christian, appro- uh, the Christian approaches God not by his or her works, but by simply a humble recognition uh, that we're sinners, that we're imperfect, and that God gave his son Christ, and Christ gave his life for our sins. He, pay, he paid the price for us. Uh, he paid the price for all of mankind. And that through Christ, we can have a direct relationship with God, a kind of two-way uh, personal relationship in communion with God. Well, so in, in the Bible, we find that, that Jesus... In Jesus Christ, we find God with a human face. 
and we know when we read scripture it's a human face who cries he forgives he cares he loves he's very human god with whom we can have a personal and intimate relationship with and through christ people can experience the you know all the dimensions and fullness of god not not just that you know uh buddhist or you know uh meditation oneness with the with the energy but more a dynamic relationship uh, and Christmas, the reason why this is a great show is that Christmas is a unique time of joy because it acknowledges and celebrates the birth of the Savior Jesus, whose life and death and resurrection make it possible for people uh, to experience and enjoy that personal and intimate relationship with God. Well, so and we want to have Christmas all year long. <laughs> a, well, absolutely. And again, it is the story of God uh, and his, his continuing to pursue a relationship with mankind. And, and uh, That's right. And so it's a fascinating story. We're going to go to break. On the line with me is Scott Powell. We've pre-recorded these special shows for you. And uh, so we're going to go to break. We'll be right back. The Metro home ownership real estate market is very tight right now. That's why Kim Munson recommends you have seasoned REMAX realtor Karen Levine on your side of the table. Karen Levine will help you navigate through the many details of your home buying experience so that you can successfully pursue your American dream. Because Karen Levine cares about property rights for each individual, she volunteers hundreds of hours to represent home ownership opportunities at the local, county, state, and national level. If you are considering buying or selling your home, call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516. Again, that's 303-877-7516. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Monson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for joining us. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And uh, wanted to mention Hooters Restaurants. They've been a sponsor of the show for many, many years, both uh, this show and America's Veterans stories and uh, it's an interesting story how I got to know them and it was from when I was on city council and uh, we've got all that on the website it is a freedom versus force story so you won't want to miss that but a great place to get together with friends on Wednesdays they have wings day which is you buy 20 wings uh, and get an additional 10 for free and when I have all my girlfriends over that's what I get for them so be sure and check that out at my website that is kimmunson.com on the line with me is Scott Powell he is a senior fellow at the Discovery Institute and this book that he has written, Rediscovering America, what our national t- uh, holidays tell us, or a nas- how the national holidays tell an amazing story about who we are. We're talking about Christmas. So, Scott Powell, um, how is Christmas related to America, the founding, the foundation of America? Well, 
you know, in a nutshell, Christianity is foundational to America. <clears throat> and and I cover that in, you know, in different ways throughout the book, uh, Rediscovering America. Um, we, we could say that Christmas, <clears throat> and that is what gave birth to Christianity, is foundational to the formation of America, because think about it. If Christ had never been born and died the way that he did, all of history would have been different, and neither Columbus nor the pilgrims would have received or have been motivated by the good news of salvation through Christ to explore or establish a new community with a higher purpose in the new world. You know, maybe we can do a show on Columbus, uh, you know, in another nine months or so. Columbus, what no, what what very few people know about Columbus, but Bill Federer knows very well, and you know Bill, and he, he covers Columbus quite well in one of his encyclopedic books, wherein he quotes, he, he got a hold of Columbus's diaries and his logbook, which were preserved. It's amazing. And what we know about Columbus was he was an, a passionate evangelist, that he was motivated partially to, to discover the... To, to you know, to not only discover a passage to the Far East for trade purposes, but he knew that he would encounter, he would likely encounter people that had never heard anything about Jesus Christ the Savior, because remember, Christianity revolved just around the Mediterranean, and and, and even by the time of Columbus, it hadn't, you know, penetrated to Northern Europe. Uh, um, that that really happened after. Uh, the Reformation in 1517. Columbus came a little bit before that. But so Columbus viewed, wow, I can go to meet people who never heard this message. And he was so excited about that. Um, <clears throat> now, let's let, let's turn to, you know, the, the founding of the of the uh, the governing document of, of uh, do- documents of America. You know, there never would have been a constitutional government created in the way uh, and in the time that it was in America without two necessary conditions. The first one is the foundation of recognizing man's unalienable rights of freedom and equality that came out of the teachings of, of Christ. But, not, but they weren't really fully recognized until the Protestant Reformation of the 16th century. So the Reformation really, uh, th- that was all about people's freedom and that God created us to be free, to be free to read the Bible and not having to pay indulgences or go through the Catholic Church hierarchy to approach God, but that we were free and God created us that way. Um, So, you know, and and then the unprecedented collection of Christian human genius that came together you know, rather amazingly, all at the same time, all these amazing people whom we call the Founding Fathers, who were 95% Christian in their beliefs. It was their extraordinary biblical, historic, and classical learning, as well as their faith, wisdom, and temperament, and I would add practical experience. Uh, you know, they, these were not politicians, or they, many of them were not just they were thinkers and philosophers, but they were farmers. They were, they had re- real life outside of, you know, they had practical lives. They had common sense. And these people we call the founding fathers, 
um, you, you know, this this really enabled them to write and frame the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, and the Bill of Rights. It was their incredible genius uh, rooted in Christianity that enabled them to do this. And I would argue that so profound was the accomplishment of the Founding Fathers that it far surpassed achievements such as in uh, Athens of Pericles uh, or in Greece under uh, in and that was in Greece, or in the Roman Republic um, at the time of Cicero. That was a virtuous time, and there was a semi-democratic government for a short period. Or in the time of Florence, of the Medicis, um, or really any other nation. Uh, that that our the accomplishment of the founding fathers was more profound than any of those or any other nation in all of human history. I'll go so far as to say the founding of America was the greatest political and civic event in all of human history. Which, of course, is why the, the enemy, the, the evil forces, are now arrayed to destroy America, because in some ways evil exists to destroy what is good. And so we're faced with this great challenge to our country. But I'll close with, by saying that the Constitutional Republic formed by the Founders provided for and protected individual rights of freedom and independence such that America achieved material prosperity more rapidly than any other prior civilization. And additionally, the American constitutional framework enabled people to move closer to that divine image in which all people are created free and and unique, and they were also created equal more so than they ever could have achieved under any other system. That is America, and we don't want to lose it. Um, well, and a couple of comments on this, Scott, and thinking about the kind of the biblical um, Christian foundation of this. First of all, when the founders said that we are all created equal, it's because we were created in the image of God. And so... And and the other thing is, is America unleashed that creativity because it kept government, it kept uh, the rulers limited and and people were free in an image of God to create, to innovate, which brought about this material prosperity. But the founders also realized that man was fallen. And yes. and those, you know, I know a lot of us say, oh, people are good. Well, yes, we, we are, but I think we're all capable of doing very bad things. And uh, I think that's a reality. And the founders recognized that. And so they addressed that in the founding documents as well. And so both of those, I think, are foundational Christian um, uh, um, points to make. Yes, and I, and I would add to that and just simply say that people with power, power corrupts. So this fallen nature that is part of everybody uh, is more, you're, you're more likely to find, um, you're less likely to find goodness in virtue in powerful people because their fallen nature tends to come more to dominate them. And so the founders understood this very clearly. They were fearful of tyranny being repeated in the New World, in America. And so they set about forming a government that would have checks and balances so that the fallen nature, which would exist in government, they they didn't think that the, the president and the legislators and the judiciary would be perfect, 
but they wanted to check corruption. And then they also, you know, they also had a second level, and that was the federal system, so that states, there was tension between the state governments and the federal government. I live in Florida, and look what our great uh, Governor uh, Ron DeSantis is doing. He is the number one governor standing up to the corruption of our federal government. He's, the, he, he's pushing back at every front. And it, that's the way it should be, by the way. And, because and, that is what checks abuse of power in the federal government. The states are designed to do that. And then the third level, which has totally been lost, is the role of the, of the free press. Oh. The press, back at the founding, was uh, was always documenting corruption in government. I mean, that was their job. Right. <laughs> right. Well, well, now the press has been totally co-opted and bought, really bought and paid for by our government. And so it's not doing its job anymore. But the truth is coming out, which is so interesting, which then yeah, that goes to the people like you, Kim. <laughs> well, and you, you are a truth teller. <laughs> and that's why I, I want all your audience to hear my my sales pitch for Kim. Kim is a is a precious contributor to truth in this country. And so there are many people you have. Your, your audience has many friends, family, friends that are either too busy, uh, you know, um, and can't, they, they don't listen to talk radio. And that, that's okay. But there are podcasts they can listen to. But encourage them to tune in the Kim Munson show. And they will learn more about what's really going on and what's really important than they would, than, than they would ever learn by weeks of watching, you know, uh, you know uh, network television news. It, which is worthless. I mean, it's almost disinformation. Well, I I do I appreciate that immensely, uh, Scott. Particularly because I have such deep regard for you. So I thank you on that. But again, going to the biblical uh, or the Bible verse of "and the truth shall set you free," and that's why you know a little. And Washington even said it, George Washington, that um, that a little bit of truth. I, and I'm just paraphrasing. Goes it goes a long way. And so we are in this really tumultuous time that we have going on right now. And in this next segment, we'll talk about that. But I get. I get excited as we do bring truth forward, and, and we're such a—it's such an interesting time that we're in right now, Scott. It really is. In some ways, I think many of us are are, are experiencing more hope than we had before. Albeit, you know, the the, the darkness, uh, you know, can be demoralizing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is the goal of the enemy: is to demoralize us so that we give up. We can never give up. We can't. You know, especially when we're on the verge of victory, which I think we are in, in various areas. Okay, and well, one let, victory will lead to another. Let, let's mm-hmm. go to break, because I want to talk about that. And there's the victory of uh, born in a stable and overcoming death on a cross and uh, resurrection there. I'm talking with Scott Powell. And this uh, book that he has written is so important, Rediscovering America, um, how, what our national holidays uh, teach us about. I don't have that exactly in my screen. When, what's the exact title on that, Scott? It's called <clears throat> How the National Holidays 
tell an amazing story about who we are. And it is a great book. I was on a long road trip this last summer, and I listened to it, and it was, it was wonderful. So I highly recommend the book. And uh, we're going to go to break. We'll come back with our final segment with Scott Powell. And before we do that, though, uh, it's important to know the stories of our, our country, and it's important to honor those that have been willing to put their lives or have given their lives uh, for this great American idea so that we can live in liberty and in freedom. And uh, that's why I love the USMC Memorial Foundation. They're raising money for the remodel of the Marine Memorial out at Six and Colfax. You can go to USMCMemorialFoundation.org to help them. You can make a contribution. You can buy a brick to honor your military service or your loved one's military service that will be on one of the walkways. So, again, that's USMCMemorialFoundation.org. And before we go to break, I uh, wanted to talk with Lauren Levy, great sponsor of both the Kim Munson Show and America's Veterans Stories. Cannot believe that we are at year end. 2023 is right around the corner, Lauren Levy. I know this has gone by. I'm getting old. Because <laughs> it keeps going faster. It goes faster and faster. And what should people be thinking about here at the end of the year and as we look into 2023? You know, from what we're determining, it, you and I have talked about this at length on the radio. You know, um, people have bought homes in the last six, seven, eight months that have higher interest rates. That's just what happened. Um, or people that are thinking about buying a home, even though interest rates are still a little high, I would encourage them to contact Karen or, and, and buy that home. Find the home that you like. Don't be stopped by the current interest rates because we all believe that in the next six, 12, 18 months, things are going to settle down a bit. Rates will come down. And like you and I joke about, you know, you can you can marry your home and, and date the mortgage. We can refinance you to a lower rate mm-hmm. when that time comes and save the money on the back end. But I wouldn't miss an opportunity to get the home that you want. And there is something for people that want it to have the opportunity to own your own home. And uh, granted, with a lot of the new bills, there's not much of a yard. But during COVID, one of the things about having a backyard, because you couldn't go down to the park, was you had your own park. And yep. that's one of the beautiful things about home ownership is owning that home, having your own little park, and creating wealth for your, yourself and your family. Absolutely. It's the number one way to create wealth. And I don't know, there's something about being able to say it's yours. I like to have my home and decorate it my way and do what I want mm-hmm. and not really have to listen to anybody's rules, you know? And I think that's worth a lot. So how American of you yeah. to, to like that that kind of freedom. And uh, I... I I know that in 2023, it looks like, I mean, I think we are in a recession right now. It seems like they, we always find out that we are in a recession. We were in a recession, and then we're moving ourselves out. So it, it is a kind of a time of tumultuous time, if you will. But there are some solid things that people can do, and owning their own home is one of those things. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of times you don't know you're in a recession until it's over. Right. And they talk about recessions. Sometimes they're full, all-encompassing of every industry, and other times they're not. There could be one area of the economy struggling and another one's not. And we could, who knows? that We could be in that right now. Right. But for now, there's opportunity, like you always talk about. There's opportunity to own homes. There's opportunity with the equity we have to take money out to do repairs or remodeling um, or buy an investment property. There's a lot mm-hmm. of opportunity out there. And in reverse mortgages as well for people that need help or want to just retire more easily or get rid of their current mortgage or get money out. That's a great opportunity as well. How can people reach you, Lauren Levy? The best way, as always, is just give us a call, 303 880 
And that's Lauren Levy, 303-880-8881. Lauren Levy, I wish you and your family a very happy and prosperous 2023. Uh, same to you and same to the listeners. We'll be right back. Every family needs a healthcare team that has your child's best interest as the priority, and Roots Medical is proud to offer exactly that. At Roots Medical, we strive to empower and educate both parent and child about the importance of gut health, how to implement healthy changes in the home, and of course, all of the benefits that come with a fully optimized immune system. Same day and sickness appointments are available and easy to schedule. For more information, visit rootsmedical.net. That's R-O-O-T-S medical.net. Roots Medical, getting to the root of your healthcare concerns. Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. You want a gun, ammo, and outstanding training, so Franktown Firearms is the right place for you. The trained staff is available for your questions and will give you the freedom to browse their large supply of firearms and fully stocked ammunition without any pressure. Your comfort level in the store is their priority. You'll get expert answers whether you're buying or not every time you visit the store. You want a knowledgeable gunman, not just a salesperson, when you're thinking about buying a firearm or learning how to use one. You can trust the staff at Franktown Firearms. They don't make commissions on any sale, so you know they are looking out for your best interest. They're sure that you will leave with a smile because no matter what your needs are, they will help you to be confident in your decisions and purchases. Their low tax rate and at or below MSRP cost will keep you smiling. Visit klzradio.com slash franktown today. That's klzradio.com slash franktown. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And uh, just really pleased to have on the line with me uh, Scott Powell. And he has written this amazing book, Rediscovering America. How the National Holidays Tell an Amazing Story About Who We Are. We're talking about the chapter on Christmas. And it was a tumultuous time when uh, Christ was born. But each generation has uh, tumultuous times. But we are, there's the old Chinese uh, proverb, may you live in interesting times. We're living in super interesting times right now, Scott Powell. We are. We are. And, you know, Christianity was born uh, out of persecution. The first three centuries after Christ, Christians uh, were, were persecuted and they were killed. Uh, they, were, uh, they were crucified. They were stoned to death. Uh, and what, what happened uh, is that Christianity uh, actually grew even more. And, and it, you know, in the, in the Roman Empire... Because life was kind of nasty, brutish, and short, many people were just amazed that Christians would demonstrate 
you know, love uh, for those who persecuted them, uh, for those who were were hard on them, uh, and and that brought a lot of people to Christ. Because what were the choices? The choices was living with this brutality or living in in greater peace and harmony and 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 finding joy. So uh, that's why Christianity grew so much. But we're seeing hostility toward Christianity. Uh, rising again, as it was in the first three centuries. And I think that persecution comes not just from people of other religious beliefs, such as radical Islamists, but it, it really is coming in America from secular progressives and what we, you know, what, what we now call the woke, who now dominate our Western culture. Weren't those the but people the, with the tolera- uh, tolerance uh, bumper stickers on their in their cars? <laughs> yes. It turns out there's so much hypocrisy, it's crazy. I know. But, but uh, the good news is that just as persecution led to the spread and growth of Christianity in the first 300 years, I think that persecution today is also already seeding a spiritual revival. Uh, and I mean, just think about what's going on now with everything being turned upside down. Our social fabric is being inverted and overturned in almost every way. Let me let me share, uh, you know, a, a few of those, ten, ten of those I think I wrote down. First of all, protection of children, uh, which was always thought to be sacred, is no longer oh, important. It's no longer paramount. And sex is, is, is determined by man, not by God, the creator. I mean, this is blasphemous. Right. Think about the pursuit of truth. It, it, it's no longer absolute. It's being replaced by relativism. People make up uh, their own truth. And then the content and quality of character, which we were reminded of during Martin Luther King's civil rights movement, that that was the most important thing, that we evaluate people by the quality of their character, the content of their character. That's being replaced uh by the color of the skin, the, F, the, the, the tribe that you belong to. Mm-hmm. And, and, and those are the criteria now used for hiring in government. I mean, it isn't merit that's important or the quality of your character. It's what group you belong to. That, that's upside down. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you know, the imperative of, of transparency, which we've always known is really the goal to have as a society, that that there can't be hidden agendas, particularly in a democratic society. We need to know what's going on. But that's been replaced by secrecy and hidden agendas in the highest places in government. And and that's really, I think, been a major contributing factor to the plummeting respect uh, for, for, you know, for government and all its agencies, all of the agencies. And we see a redefining of justice away from law and order. I mean, justice is a matter of law and order, is it not? Mm-hmm. Uh, right. We're defunding the police, and there is no longer equal justice under the law in America. Patriotism is being shunned, not celebrated. We're destroying our heritage and tearing down historical monuments and statues. And honest elections, which are the basis of, our, of, of legitimacy for our government, are vanishing. And the people who push for investigating uh, election irregularities are are marginalized, called out as domestic terrorists by the Department of Homeland Security, and even raided and investigated by the FBI. And I think you've had incidents right right of, here of in that. Colorado. Yes, in Colorado. Yeah, and we're we're driving people out of the military rather than doing things to build up our fighting forces. And lastly, 
our national sovereignty is being replaced by uh, no borders uh, and globalism. And, and I could go on. But uh, if we're having trouble having honesty in, in government on the national level, how could we possibly think that a global government could be anything right. other than tyrannical? So while, while all this is causing a dramatic loss in people's trust in government and, and, in, in, and authority, there, there's a reaction going on. And I think what I see is an increased hunger and need for certainty, you know, understanding, confidence, and what they, in, in belief, in a belief system. And so that's driving more and more people to turn to the most reliable source of truth. And that is, of course, the Bible. And the Bible, by the way, is the bestseller every year. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yes, it is, yeah. Now, there are, there are, there are towering intellectuals that, that wish that Christ had never been born, and among them are Karl Marx and Friedrich Nietzsche, uh, you know, two people that led to totalitarian, tyrannical, uh, barbaric states, uh, communism, which is responsible for over 100 million deaths in the case of, of, of Nazi Germany. You know, we, we, we all know that the Holocaust numbers are, are high. You know, uh, some people put it at 6 million, uh, some at 8 million. Um, each of those and, in that million was a person that somebody right. cared about and somebody loved. Well, that's and actually, right. somebody cared about them and somebody loved them is Christ. That, that, that's absolutely right. And, and when, we, when we look at the 20th century and the 21st century, you know, we could point to Lenin, Stalin, Mao, and China's current president, Xi Jinping. And what we find are sociopathic personalities and megalomaniacs in power. You know, one definition of evil is that it hates what is good. On balance, the modern age has probably seen the greatest rise of false religions. Uh, most of these false religions revolve around the pursuit of power, and we, we talked about that. You know, and be it communism or today's climate apocalypse zealotry that dominates so much of the, the woke culture, the woke movement. But the evidence clearly suggests that false religions cannot satisfy the most basic human need to find meaning and joy. And so when you look at the left today, do you find many happy people there? I don't. Oh, right. So we, we have a source of happiness. <laughs> and Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year. And it's not just the lights and the decorations and the Christmas music, you know, which, which do help create wonder and joy. But Christmas is all about, about Christ, who shows us the way, reminding us that internal and eternal things, rather than external and temporal matters, and that would include politics, it would include fads and 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 uh, and, and such. Uh, they're not; th- those are not important. They come and they go. What's important are the internal and eternal things. Christ reminds us in Matthew eleven thirty that quote: "My yoke is easy and my burden is light." I mean, isn't that great news mm-hmm. for, for mm-hmm. people that hesitate to embrace Christ because they think they're going to have to change everything about their life and so forth? No. Um, you know, when a learned Jewish Pharisee asked Jesus who, what was the greatest commandment in the law, Jesus, just, Jesus gave a simple answer. He said that if we love God and love our neighbor as ourselves, we will have fulfilled all the laws. In other words, we will have done the most important things. You know, before the interview, I, I looked up, uh, I, I tried to find a couple of quotes from C.S. Lewis, and I, there's a couple that I want to share with the audience. Uh, the first one is that, uh, quote, the Christian does not think God will love us because we are good, 
but that God will make us good because he loves us. But for him to make us good, we have to have a relationship with him, of course. And for those who feel they can't approach God because they are never good enough, C.S. Lewis reminds us that, quote, a Christian is not someone who never goes wrong, but one who is enabled to repent and pick oneself up and begin over again after each stumble, because the presence of Christ is inside him, repairing him all the time, close quote. So to, to close, you know, Christmas, I'd say Christmas is the greatest and most amazing story ever told. And the best news is that is that everybody can be a participant without merit or any preconditions because the Savior Jesus came into the world for broken people and sinners like you and me. And that is the meaning of that bright star in the east that enabled the lost shepherds and the three wise men to find their way to the newborn Savior in a most unexpected place, a stable for animals. But you know, when the, ang- when the angels sang, that stable became a palace. Wow. Scott Powell, thank you so much. This has been just awesome. And get that book, Rediscovering America, What Our National Holidays Tell Us About, uh, the amazing story about who we are. Scott Powell, thank you so much. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to you and yours. Oh, you're so nice, Kim. And and happy uh, Merry Christmas to to everyone. Okay. And uh, my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you and God bless America. Stay tuned for our number two. It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important story. Socialization of transportation, education, energy, housing, and water. What it means is is that government controls it through rules and regulations. The latest in politics and world affairs. Under this guise of bipartisanship and nonpartisanship, it's actually tapped down the truth. Today's current opinions and ideas. On an equal field in the battle of ideas, mistruths or misconceptions, and it is getting us into a world of hurt. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed. And welcome to the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, valued. You have purpose. Today, strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. And thank you to the team that I get to work with as producer Luke, producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, Charlie, Jen, Echo, all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. I am blessed to work with such amazing people. Check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you will see first look at get first look at our uh, most or our upcoming guests as well as our most recent essays. You can email me at kim at kimmunson dot com. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. And I get to work with a lot of really great partner sponsors as well. And I know each of them personally. Highly recommend each and every one of them. And you can support the show by working with our great 
uh, partner sponsors as well. There is a list of them on my website, KimMunson.com. But I am thrilled to have on the line with me Jay Davidson. He is the founder and CEO of First American State Bank, a great partner of the show and a great guest. Jay Davidson, welcome. Well, thank you, Kim. It's an honor to be here. Well, and we are working diligently with these pre-records so that we have all this new content for everyone during Christmas week. And so we're going to get to do a whole show with you, which it seems like we always ran out of time. And I thought, aha, Jay Davidson would be perfect for Christmas week. So I'm glad to, glad we are doing this. And... Jay, we've as had. As long as you don't ask me to sing any Christmas carols. <laughs> that was the first thing I was going to do. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I thought it would be good for us to learn more about the Austrian School of Economics as well as uh, von Mises. And I, I know that you you know, have a great appreciation for that. And I thought, well, this would be a great learning time for our listeners. So where where should we start with this, Jay? Um, well, I think von Mises and the Austrian school is the place to be. Uh, I get so frustrated watching uh, the uh, Fed Reserve act in a, what's called a Keynesian manner. Uh, Maynard Keynes is pretty much the opposite, in my opinion. I could be wrong, but opposite of the Austrian school of economics. And uh, we're going into uh, serious issues here with inflation, stagflation, recession, uh, because of the Fed Reserve's actions, and they're based on Keynesian economics. Uh, the bottom line is that von Mises started the uh, Austrian School of Economics. And uh, a disclaimer here, if you, uh, you know, I don't, I don't proclaim to be a student of the Austrian School. I've read it. I do read it. I do follow it. But there are other people who are much more qualified than me to talk about it. And I'd like to put a, if you don't mind, a quick plug in to uh, ask you if you would consider interviewing Mike Williams over at Altius Financial. He owns that company. And Mike is a uh, he has the is a professor at the leadership program of the Rockies, and his class is the Defenders of Capitalism, and uh, well worth your time and effort, I think, to get a really in depth view of of uh, the Austrian school. But I me, know Mike, so yeah, we can make oh, that happen. Good, good. That's right. You got awarded. Uh, at the LPR deal a few years ago, as I remember. I I did in 2016. I I went through the class in 2012, and in 2016, I was uh, awarded the very prestigious award of um, Leader in Action Award. So I I was very honored to get that. That that is a great honor, and congratulations. It's well-deserved. Thank you. Uh, I'm glad you chose Von Mises. little history here. Von Mises started the Austrian school a little over 100 years ago, and uh, his one of his greatest pupils was uh, F.A. Hayek, H-A-Y-K. Mm-hmm. Hayek wrote a book called uh, The Road to Serfdom, talking about um, the difference between individual freedom and control by government. And then uh, the student of Hayek was Milton Friedman, Wow. Uh, whom most of us remember from uh, Ronald Reagan's time. Uh, Mr. Friedman, Dr. Friedman, was uh, uh, economic advisor to Ronald Reagan. And uh, a lot of Reagan's incredibly good ideas came from Milton Friedman. One of Milton's most well-known books is Free to Choose. And there's a whole theme running through the Austrian school that uh, I, I feel more qualified to talk about. That's the practical application uh, of of the Austrian School of Economics, and that is 
there is a significant difference in the mentality uh, that the Austrian school brought to the view of the individual than any other economic school out there before, since, or after. And the whole issue as I see the Austrian school is that they talk exclusively about the individual and the individual's ability to make a decision and act free from coercion. And, uh, you know, you and I have talked about this many times in different languages, uh, mostly politics, but that's really what, what it's all about. It's about the individual. And I would submit to you, and maybe we can develop this a little further, that the Austrian school uh, is an outgrowth of the experiment that's called capitalism, and that capitalism began with the birth of our nation. It wasn't a government program, never has been, never will be, never could be. It's the antithesis of a government program, but capitalism is free enterprise, period. And free enterprise, the, the issue of free enterprise is tied into free trade. Now, the definition of free trade is, is so pivotal. And I'd ask everybody to remember this. Uh, free trade is a willing buyer and a willing seller agreeing on a transaction without outside coercion. Mm-hmm. That's the basis of capitalism. That's the basis of our nation. And you read our constitution. You can see it's all tied together, a Constitution Declaration uh, and, and the Bill of Rights. I mean, the Declaration starts the whole thing off. We hold these truths to be uh, self-evident. In, uh, self-evident that men are given uh, inalienable rights to life, liberty, and the ownership of property. And uh, I know it's been changed to uh, happiness or some other thing, but uh, the original language was ownership of property, and that's a pivotal thought process that we can go into a little bit later and why ownership is so critical to capitalism. Well, and property rights, Jay, are, as you're saying, they're a bedrock of the American idea. And I've asked different people on this regarding the founders, and I've gotten different answers on it. But I wonder if they change, this is just me thinking about this, they changed the word to happiness because at the time we had slavery in America and uh, you know, it, it doesn't match up that all men are created equal with these rights from God of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness and having slavery. So I wonder, I wonder, and I don't know, but I wonder if they change that that word from, from property to happiness uh, just because of that particular point in time where they were. It's possible. I, I don't know. I heard that um, uh, Jefferson wrote those words, as I understand it. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. And I think it was Franklin that said, you probably ought to modify it just to get it through. And I don't know why he, Franklin suggested that. It's, un, it's been certainly extremely intelligent, very wise. Um, and maybe it is because Jefferson and the Southern Democrats uh, at that time uh, believed in slavery. They had slaves. Maybe. I, I never yeah. thought of it that way. Yeah, and it's possible. It's possible, and and um, we don't have all the notes from then. But anyway, I've that's one of the reasons I thought that they maybe changed the word because property rights are inherent to the American idea. Yeah, and, and to the Austrian school, I mean, integral to to um, the the thought that you as an individual have the ability, the right, the inalienable right to own property and to dispose of it as appropriate under the laws of the land. 
and you can't harm somebody with that property. You can't take it or steal it from anybody. Uh, but if you want to sell it, uh, you have every right to sell it for whatever price you want to sell it for. And if somebody wants to buy it, they have every right to buy it for whatever price they want to buy it for. And by the way, when that transaction happens, you just define market value by definition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Free And the, the critical point of free trade is free from outside coercion. Because outside mm-hmm. coercion is almost always government-oriented, bureaucrats, uh, regulatory, government-oriented. Absolutely. Hey, Jay Davidson, let's go to break. I'm talking with Jay Davidson. He is the CEO and founder of First American State Bank, which is a community bank right here in the metro area. And before we go to break, I want to acknowledge a great new sponsor of the show, and that is Roger Mangan's State Farm Insurance. Roger knows that life can be challenging, and it's the Mangan's team's mission to maximize your financial security as you manage the risks of everyday life. Call Roger Mangan at 303-795-8855 for more information. Like a good neighbor, Roger Mangan's team is there. So I just got the State Farm personal price plan on my car insurance. So you told your agent you play the bagpipes for your dog? What? No, I didn't get that. Personal, my agent just helped me create an affordable price just for me. Okay, let me show you what I've been working on. Hey, Buster! (laughs) Prices vary by state. Options selected by customer. Availability and eligibility may vary. The Metro home ownership real estate market is very tight right now. That's why Kim Munson recommends you have seasoned REMAX realtor Karen Levine on your side of the table. Karen Levine will help you navigate through the many details of your home buying experience so that you can successfully pursue your American dream. Because Karen Levine cares about property rights for each individual, she volunteers hundreds of hours to represent home ownership opportunities at the local, county, state, and national levels. If you are considering buying or selling your home, call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516. Again, that's 303-877-7516. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of the Kim Munson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured and valued. You have purpose today. Strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. And thrilled to have on the line with me, uh, Jay Davidson. He is a CEO, founder of First American State Bank, great partner of the show. Uh, First American is in a community bank located right here in the metro area. And we're talking about the Austrian School of economics as well as uh, von Mises. And Jay, you said this was started about 100 years ago. And interestingly, before that, there was what the Frankfurt group that they were pushing more Marxist ideas. So was uh, von Mises, was he doing this in response to uh, uh, Karl Marx and those ideas? 
Well, I'm, I may be close to 100 years old, but I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> um, so I, I would surmise that von Mises identified many um, economic theories that were false. And his clear thinking and his right thinking, correct thinking, uh, prompted him to speak out and say, here's how it really works. And this was after years of observation of human nature, because honestly, economics is not numbers. It's, it's the observation of human nature, how humans will, will react. Now, the transaction may be money or property, but it's still, will you react in one way or another way? And what von Mises found was that when individuals are free to act, they're always going to work in the best interests of themselves, which is appropriate. And that best interest includes what I would call um, capitalism, which is enlightened self-interest. If, you know, I could gouge one of my customers and get a whole bunch of money one time, but they would get mad at me and not come back. Now, that wouldn't be smart. Right. So I'm going to act in a very uh, professional manner and give a fair deal to my customer. So he makes profit and I make profit. That's the objective of enlightened self-interest that's such a core process in in what we call the Austrian school or just human interaction. What about this term, and narrative is so important, but the term greedy capitalists and that uh, business owners are just trying to cheat their employees. And how would you respond to that? Um, I am greedy, and you are too. And so is that uh, uh, social justice, uh, woke, ESG, or DIE, or whatever clown on the liberal left. Uh, They're greedy, too. They just want to hide it. And you should be greedy. You know what? You have one life, or many lives, but you have one life here right now. You need to protect it. And if you have kids and a a wife or family, somebody you love or friends, then you want to protect their lives. That's greedy. Because I will defend my family in any way, shape, or form that is necessary to see that they live and the bad guy dies or doesn't get them, hurt them. So don't tell me that I'm greedy because I am. Everybody is. Face the facts. It's a hum- it's human but nature, isn't it? It's human nature. It is, hum- it is built in. It is a defense mechanism. When that saber-toothed tiger was chasing you, you know what? Either, you know, either it died or you died. I mean, that's that's as base as it gets. So, you know, the whole idea, and, and the, the, the left, I'll call them the left, because it's not just Democrats, it's Republicans playing this game too. But the left and the Marxist, the socialist, this kind of mentality is really good at psychological uh, manipulation. Mm-hmm. They're unbelievable. And, uh, Part and parcel of that is that they need to um, kind of destroy the foundation. Um, you know, you, you can't believe in God because uh, this, that, or the other thing. You got to take God out of school. You uh, you can't believe in in man and woman. Uh, there's got to be all these other transgender things. This is all destruction of the foundation, so they can take over. Because the objective of the left is control which is the absolute antithesis of the individual. So um, when we we talk about um, this whole process, 
there's a reason why they say that we are greedy. They want to destroy capitalism. Capitalism is the one bulwark, economic bulwark, that stands against everything that the left stands for. That is, the, Capitalism is the destroyer of socialism, communism, fascism, tyranny, monarchy, every other form of controlled government that's out there. And they have to destroy capitalism. How do they do it? Well, they, you see a guy or gal that's been working their tail off for years and, and finally making it, and they make a lot of money. Okay, that's the dream. Make your, build your own business, do it honestly and ethically, do it in a fair trade manner, and you will be rewarded. Well, they can't have that because the, the capitalism that existed to build that kind of wealth is the antithesis of what they want. And honestly, you may think I'm wearing a tinfoil cap, but they want control. I mean, you listen to Klaus Schwab at the World Economic Forum, uh, Forum or uh, think over at BlackRock and, and these other guys. This is a control mechanism for an elite few. And the, the sad fact is that people don't see the reason that we're, we capitalists are called greedy. The reason is they have to destroy, those leftists have to destroy the uh, the basis of freedom. Jay, I, got a, I have a story for you, and because this has been a journey for me to get to this point. And so many for many years, I was in the ladies' clothing business. It was a great business. I had clients, and I could invite people in. It was via trunk shows, so it, there was a lot of flexibility. It was, it was really great as I was uh, raising my family, and that was after I'd been in the investment business. Uh, and so it's been a long journey on this. So there was this one company that I worked with. And it was a private company. Uh, the owners were very fiscally responsible. Company didn't have any debt. Uh, had a great product. Uh, had a lot of em- employees. Uh, and in, they ended up moving the manufacturing plant to China uh, eventually because rules and regulations had made it so expensive to make garments here. But they had their own factory over there, and they you know, made sure there wasn't any, you know, slave labor or anything like that. It was really a great company. And it was passed down to the next generation, and they did a great job as well. The third generation, uh, which is probably in the baby boomer range, uh, went to a very prestigious university, but came out of it with, I would say, some of the social justice thing. And I remember that th- uh, that he had gone to Africa and there were women that were uh, doing beading. And uh, so they added that into the product mix, but they didn't really put a price on it. They said that you could buy it for, uh, and buy a donation. And the women in Africa came back and said, we don't want a donation. We want people to buy it because they find value in it. But then this uh, this third generation was, again, kind of more into the altruistic kind of things, took on debt, and then because of market forces out there, the company went out of business. And so what then happened was all of the employees at the home office, all of the, the women that were selling the collection, we didn't have any product anymore. And I thought about it. Instead of the, the most compassionate thing that he could have done instead of going down the leftist altruistic uh, road was have run his business 
very, very well so that people had jobs and product that they could then go out and and sell. And so once the company went out of business, all that went away. And that was a big aha moment for me at that time, Jay. Yeah, it's a really good story. And it's so indicative of what we're seeing um, in this um, misdirection that's occurring when they say greedy capitalist or uh, you're not you're not paying your fair share. But what they forget is that um, you know we're not just business owners aren't just making money; they're also employing a whole bunch of people who willfully come to work and get paid a fair wage and fair benefits. We also um, you know pay money to vendors and charities and so on and so forth. So businesses help tremendously. I mean, it's the most powerful uh, force, economic force uh, in the world. Capitalism is the most powerful economic force in the world. I submit to you that capitalism is really the reason that the United States had become a world power after World War I. It was capitalism. It wasn't, you know, the military-industrial complex, although it's certainly important, extremely important. But it was the economic power of capitalism of individuals freely making up their own minds and deciding what to do that drove this economic boom that we've all experienced. A a pauper in Europe today lives better than a king did a thousand years ago. And that's all because of capitalism. It's all because of free enterprise. Well, and I've thought about that, like way back in, in the pharaohs or the kings and queens in those castles. Uh, they had to ride around in chariots or in wagons with horses, and it was dirty and smelly and cold. And here in America, as uh, on the lower economic uh, rungs of the ladder to middle class, the fact that we can get in a vehicle that's warm and drive wherever we want, uh, we can turn on the radio. Now we can, you know, hands-free, of course, talk on the telephone to anybody in the world. I mean, it's crazy what uh, capitalism has done, and it has lifted more people out of poverty than anything else ever in the world, Jay. That's exactly right. Um, I, I can't... Uh, extol the virtues of capitalism any greater than that. Um, I mean, we're going to go through a cold snap, and, uh, you know, a few hundred years ago, uh, you wouldn't have a warm house to to huddle in. You'd be in a teepee or a tent or digging a hole in the Mm -hmm. ground and building an ice cave to survive the cold that's coming. And now here we are, we're sitting here, uh, we're going to get in our warm car and go to our warm home and you know sleep in our warm bed. That's that ain't, that's not bad. I mean, if that's what greedy capitalism is all about, then I would say let's have more of it. <laughs> yeah, it's most definitely. We'll take more of that. Uh, let's go to break. I am talking with Jay Davidson. He is CEO and founder of First American State Bank, which is a community bank located right here in the metro area. Great partner of the Kim Munson Show. We're going to go to break. We'll be right back. Three Points Financial is a fiduciary financial planning company focused on helping individuals and families. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz at Three Points Financial specialize in investment strategies, tax planning and preparation, and retirement planning with no product sales or commissions. Tax laws have changed and will continue to change. Inflation is real. 
Three Points Financial helps you maneuver through these changes to achieve your financial success. For clarity and a solid, relevant financial and investment plan while working with a company that puts your interests at the forefront, schedule a no-obligation initial consultation at threepointsfinancial.com. That's threepointsfinancial.com. No matter how you define it, inflation is out of control. Increasing prices at the gas pump and grocery stores are hurting everyday people. All these challenges we face are preventable. Individuals must understand what is going on and who is responsible. That is why Kim Munson is bringing truth and clarity to the issues facing our families, our communities, our state, and our country. Now more than ever, it's important to support Kim's independent voice. She has the courage to research and inform you about the real issues. It's not easy, and Kim could use your help. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute. Again, help Kim by contributing at KimMunson.com. That's M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot com as well. I have on the line with me Jay Davidson. He is a CEO and founder of First American State Bank. And we're talking about uh, the Austrian School of Economics, which was founded by von Mises. And Jay, before we went to break, we were talking about Things that we really take for granted, and that is a warm house and a warm car and a warm place to go to work. And as we uh, we're pre-recording this, and it's forecast that we're going to have uh, 24, 48 hours of extreme cold. And you mentioned that, you know, before this, and of course, a lot of this is attributable, I have to say, to fossil fuels, because they are reliable, they're efficient, they're abundant, and uh, they're affordable. And that is a kind of a bedrock of why we have this, this great prosperity that we have. But Jay, in the old days, uh, you actually had to make sure that you were prepared for that coal snap, and it took a lot of time to cut wood, to have it stacked, to have it ready. People had to spend a lot of time to prepare for a warm home where we just have the luxury of turning on the thermostat and paying our bill. And I don't think people realize that in the old times, water and energy and just getting those basic things, that took a lot of time for people to make sure that they had those things covered. Yeah, the conveniences today brought to us through capitalism and invention and free enterprise uh, give us a lot of free time. And unfortunately, a lot of people use that free time to find ways to destroy the very thing that gave them the free time in the first place. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but that's what we're really talking about here when we talk about big government Republicans and big government Democrats versus small government and individual-centric uh, political systems. Um, because it's, it is the individual that is the capitalist. It's not a government. In fact, the government is the antithesis of capitalism because capitalism is the individual making a free choice, as Milton Friedman said, free to choose. And uh, von Hayek warned us early on uh, with his book, The Road to Serfdom, because he saw it happening in Europe. And look what happened uh, when Hitler and and Stalin and Marx took over in Europe. People starved. They made serves of, yeah. And now you look at, let's talk a little bit about what's happening uh, with uh, uh, 
the, the middle of uh, Poland and Czechoslovakia and Ukraine, Ukraine, um, Germany, even they've shut down all of their nuclear power plants for some reason that's beyond my comprehension. Uh, they've shut down all the fossil fuel production capability that they had. They're coming into a cold, cold winter this winter where many of their own citizens will die because the social justice warriors said fossil fuels are bad. Nuclear energy is bad. This, this philosophy that these people have promulgated, the left has promulgated, is going to kill a lot of people. Mark my words on this. And if it continues, it's going to start killing Americans. And that's why ideas and elections have, have meaning. Why is it that two years after Biden beat Trump out, we have incredibly high energy costs, production is way down, where we were energy independent, the cost of gas was, I think, a buck fifty when Trump was in, and now it's over $4 now that Biden's in. Uh, you know, there's a, a, a low, uh, you can't get baby formula, uh, you know. So what what is the difference? I mean, this is a, the most stark change in, in two little years between two political, and you can hate Trump or not, I really don't care, but the fact is he did some good for the economy, and I recognize that and I respect that. But Biden has gone out of his way to act in a socialistic, communistic manner by control. And, not, you know, that, that's his philosophy. That's the philosophy of the people that we Americans have put in charge. And it's kind of like, why do we do that? Why don't we see that this way is not the right way, the correct way, that freedom in the individual is the correct way? It's kind of mind-boggling. Well, it is mind-boggling, and it's been a long time to get to this point. And, Jay, I I look at the education system, uh, things the kids would bring home from school. It's been a long time in coming, but I think I'm grateful in a way because we the mask is off now on what, what they're really all about. They don't really care about people. And... And uh, regarding kind of uh, making uh, environmentalism a god almost, and you see it, uh, it's influencing education, it's politics, it's it's almost a, well, it is, it's a religion. But I'm encouraged that people are... Are seeing beginning to see this for what it is. That's why we do this show. Uh, that's why you do a lot of great writing to continue to help people get their brains around these issues. And I'm encouraged, Jay. I, I am too. Um, I was blown away by the last election, but I it took me a while to recover from that. I didn't understand, and I still don't understand it. But the fact is that um, people are beginning to wa- awaken and become aware of of the, the real stark difference. And, uh, you know, I blame my own party. Uh, I'm a lifelong Republican. I'll admit that freely. But, my goodness, 12 Republicans voted for another $2 trillion expenditure? Irresponsible. Irresponsible. It's unbelievable. I can't understand these people. They're not Republicans. They don't believe in our constitutional republic. They, they take the name on They're not even close. 
And, and here we are, we're in debt up to our eyeballs. We're drowning in debt. And they add more debt to us by this kind of spending. This is incredible. Yeah, it really is. And am I thinking of this just most recent thing that, uh, in essence, they're circumventing the new uh, House of Representatives, which holds the purse strings, and they don't come into office until January. Is is that what you're talking about, Jay? Yes, absolutely. Un, it's absolutely unconscionable that we would have senators that would do this and basically ties the hands of these these newly elected representatives with the Republican majority uh, to hold the purse strings. And we know there's some bad stuff out there. And so it is, I totally agree with you, it is unconscionable that we would have Republicans that would vote for this. Well, and, and to McCarthy, I assume he'll be the Speaker of the House. Uh, he needs to stand firm. I mean, I don't think the House can get this passed in time. So McCarthy will have the the vote, and he needs to get the Republicans to stand firm. But but there's a an underlying issue here that that ties back into your your the start of your show on von Mises, the Austrian school capitalism, freedom, and the individual. It's all tied together. And and the theme going through this is, do you want a government that can unilaterally and at a whim put you individuals in debt? Because that's what the government is doing. When, when they go spend a whole bunch more money, they do these allocations of trillions of dollars for, for more government spending, that money falls on our shoulders our children's, our grandchildren's, and our great-grandchildren's shoulders to pay. And the politicians couldn't care less because we don't hold them accountable. We let them get by time after time with kicking the can down the road or some platitude like balancing the budget. No, don't balance the budget. Stop the spending. Mm -hmm. That's the problem. It's the spending. It has nothing to do with the budget. Budget's a guess of what you're going to do in the future. Uh Uh-uh. Stop the spending now. Stop the government, because every dollar the government spends is a controlling mechanism over the population. Did you know that 40% of the population do not pay taxes and 60% support everybody? That 40% will always vote for the guy that gives him more freebies. Always. And that... well, well, and that is why everybody needs to have skin in the game, uh, just even like the income tax, even if it's just a dollar or ten dollars. People make different choices when they have to when they have skin in the game. And, and I, I've always really thought that that it is important to to make sure that that happens. And, of course, with a progressive income tax, which is what Karl Marx advocated for, a progressive income tax, you're actually penalizing people that might be working longer hours or working harder. You penalize them, which is a race to mediocrity when you when we have that. Yeah, and that, that all revolves around the issue of the right to ownership of property that we talked about earlier. <laughs> Do you as an individual have a right to ownership of property? If yes then why can the government unilaterally and on a whim tax you more? Why can they change the tax code? You know, you can tell me that, well, we all have to pay our fair share. I agree. I'm okay with that. I'll pay my fair share. But if you're a high-income earner, 
you pay much more than your fair share. The top 1% of uh, income uh, generates something like 25 to 30% of all the tax revenue. 1% is generating 30%. And if you go down to 10%, top 10% of earners, you're over 50% of all the tax revenue. That's not progressive. That is exculpatory. Mm-hmm. And you're right. I mean, I, I'm in favor of a flat tax. And make everybody pay it, poor and rich alike. The, the rich will pay a whole, a lot more dollars because they make more. The poor will pay a lot less dollars because they make a lot less. But the percent is the same. And that seems to me like that is what would be <clears throat> fair when we talk about fair share. Uh, and and then everybody has skin in the game. And when that happens, then, again, we start to make better decisions as a society. One other thing I wanted to just mention that you talked about the debt. It's one thing. And our founding fathers, they, you know, they, they put their lives on the line to pass something good, freedom, liberty, onto the next generation. We are passing on to people that are not even born yet. Uh, a debt that they have to pay. And there is something so immoral about that because they have no voice on that. And when we talk about making sure everybody has a voice, well, my gosh, those that uh, are in the future that have not even been born yet to not have a voice, but to have to pay this debt, there is something highly immoral about that, Jay Davidson. I can't argue your point. It is absolutely immoral. And we let it happen time and time again. I mean, and the problem here is that Republicans tend to be no better. I know. This is what is mind-boggling. You know, my biggest problem with Republicans is that they don't, when they're in power, they don't differentiate themselves from the Democrats because here's 12 senators, Republican senators, voting on another $2 trillion of expenditures. Unbelievable. And every dollar that they spend becomes debt because... They're so far beyond the tax revenue now. If the government lived within its means, it would live within the means of the tax revenue that it can collect from free enterprise. Think about that. The only money that the government has or should have in reality and does have is from us, from free enterprise, from capitalism. Now, the Fed can print all this money called quantitative easing. That's phony money, folks. That's not real. And the, the net effect of that printing is inflation, which is devaluation of your buying power of your dollar. Your, your dollar just went down mm-hmm. by 10% over mm-hmm. the last year, 20%. And it's, you know, just because the Fed Reserve and the Congress wanted to spend all this money and put us into debt and printed all this money to put us into debt. And inflation, uh, this kind of inflation is a not-so-silent thief now. I used to say it was a silent thief. It's not. It's not so silent now. Uh, We're going to go to break. I'm talking with Jay Davidson. He is the CEO and founder of First American State Bank. Before we do that, though, I wanted to mention the USMC Memorial Foundation. Uh, Paula Sarles and her team are working to raise money for the remodel out there. Paula is president of the USMC Memorial Foundation, a woman Marine, and a Vietnam veteran's gold star wife. And my friends, it is so important to remember and honor those that have given their life or been willing to give their life for our for for our freedom for our prosperity for us to be able to go after our hopes and dreams and you can help them by going to the usmcmemorialfoundation.org that's usmcmemorialfoundation.org we'll be right back with Jay Davidson 
Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. Every family needs a healthcare team that has your child's best interest as the priority, and Roots Medical is proud to offer exactly that. At Roots Medical, we strive to empower and educate both parent and child about the importance of gut health, how to implement healthy changes in the home, and of course, all of the benefits that come with a fully optimized immune system. Same day and sickness appointments are available and easy to schedule. For more information, visit rootsmedical.net. That's R-O-O-T-S medical.net. Roots Medical, getting to the root of your healthcare concerns. You want a gun, ammo, and outstanding training, so Franktown Firearms is the right place for you. The trained staff is available for your questions and will give you the freedom to browse their large supply of firearms and fully stocked ammunition without any pressure. Your comfort level in the store is their priority. You'll get expert answers whether you're buying or not every time you visit the store. You want a knowledgeable gunman, not just a salesperson, when you're thinking about buying a firearm or learning how to use one. You can trust the staff at Franktown Firearms. They don't make commissions on any sale so you know they are looking out for your best interest. They're sure that you will leave with a smile because no matter what your needs are, they will help you to be confident in your decisions and purchases. Their low tax rate and at or below MSRP cost will keep you smiling. Visit klzradio.com slash franktown today. That's klzradio.com slash franktown. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our, our weekly newsletter there, and you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And we are so pleased to pre-record these shows for you for the Christmas week broadcast and thrilled to have on the line with me Jay Davidson. He is CEO and founder of First American State Bank, a community bank located right here in the metro area. And uh, just I learned so much from each conversation when Jay is on. Jay, we're talking about the Austrian School of Economics, von Mises, but you mentioned the other economic model, which is Keynesian. And explain that to our listeners, because they are on opposite ends of the spectrum, correct? They, they seem to be. Uh, I'm sure a, a conversant economist could speak more intelligently and sophistically about this, but in my mind, Keynesian economists tend to think that um, government-centric uh, philosophy is a better solution, um, much as President Woodrow Wilson did when, um, who was our first or second most progressive president in the United States. Um, and progressive is not a uh, compliment, by the way. Um, so Keynes promulgated and said that for every one dollar that you spend, that the government spends, there's a multiplying effect in the economy on that $1. So $1 means $1.25. And so it's good for uh, the government to spend money. Well, yeah, I don't think so. I don't see that as an effect. In fact, I, I see that expenditure really 
doesn't come from the government. The government doesn't have any for-profit entities that I know of. It doesn't create, really. create anything. It has to take money first. It has to take money. And where does it take money from? You, me, and every business out there and all of us. It takes it from the private economy, from the individual, from free enterprise. That's where the government gets its money. So tell me uh, why, in Keynesian uh, theory, it's better for the government to take that money and spend it than for the individual to keep that money because the individual earned it. The government did not. The individual earned that money. Why, Why shouldn't we keep it at the individual level? Well, the concept of keeping the money at the individual level is the ostrich school of economics. Maynard Keynes says, no, we should take more of that money and the government should disperse it and do this, that, and the other thing. Well, think about it. I mean, first off, you earned it because you're working. You people that are listening here, you earned it. It's your money. If you believe in property rights, then money is property. You own it. It's yours to do with as you please. Oh, but wait. The government says it's not yours. I'm going to tax you. I'm going to uh, assess fees. I'm going to regulate you. I'm going to control you so that I can get more money for my government and they can spend the money better than you can. Does anybody really believe that when you think about it? uh, And I, I just wish more people would think about what the cause and effect is of every dollar that the government spends. It goes into a bureaucracy that is, by definition, inefficient Mm -hmm. and wasteful. And then it is mixed up and changed around. And what we're seeing now more than ever is that it's being diverted to causes that the government believes in, the controllers of the government, who who are basically politicians, and more importantly, the bureaucrats in the government uh, want green energy. Um, and the green CRT. energy, I've come to, I've realized the green energy that they're really talking about is the green uh, that we're talking about. That is the money that people, are, that's money, basically. <laughs> that's the green that it really is. Yeah, that's the honest fact right there. Because uh, you look at, uh, I'm blown away by how much money the Democrats could spend on an election. I mean, they threw away three or four million dollars in the primaries trying to get worse candidates than Heidi Gannault and Joe Day. And I mean, and then they spent millions more during the election cycle to, to beat the Republicans. Where do they get this money? You know, do they earn it? I don't think so, folks. I think there's something going on here where perhaps the Democratic politicians play the game, understand how to divert money, and this fellow at FTX. Right, I was just thinking that. that. Yeah. yeah. Um, divert money into these coffers of these uh, leftist candidates. And so Republicans, folks, are always going to be outspent as long as that leak exists. Well, bottom line, folks, is that either the money is yours. I mean, the government has to take the money from you in the first place, or it puts you into debt through uh, issuance of treasuries and printing money, um, so it, or it puts you in debt. So either way, we're paying the price for a government that is highly inefficient, and I would submit to you whose best interest is not you or me or the individual. It's quite the opposite. I've never, you know, I haven't seen a, a government program that benefits an individual. I mean, it can't. How could it? 
because the whole idea of the individual is freedom. And along with freedom, of course, responsibility, I shall right. always say that. Absolutely. But uh, that that's the difference here. So Maynard Keynes is, in my opinion, he's kind of a big government guy. And uh, von Mises, Hayek, Milton Friedman are individual guys. And the listeners need to make that decision. Um, I've written a couple of pieces on principle. You know, if there's one principle that would guide your life, what is that one principle? Let's say on a political and economic basis. Uh, On a religious basis, I'm not touching that one because that's so personal. I don't want to do that. But on a a political and economic basis, what is the one principle? And after decades of thinking about this stuff, the one principle to me is the sanctity of the individual. Mm -hmm. If we increase the individual's freedom and responsibility then it's good. And if we decrease the the individual's freedom and place him or her under control, it's bad. So when Republicans spend $2 trillion in the Senate, that's bad. And they should not be supported by anybody in our party. Because if our party wants to win, if there's any possibility that we can get this nation turned back around to capitalism, freedom, free enterprise, and the individual... Uh, we've got to win, then we need to differentiate ourselves in the lull times between political elections, like most of the time when, you know, you're trying to run the government. And and 12 Republicans voting in favor of $2 million spending is a, it's a sin. These guys yeah. and gals should be kicked out. I, I, I totally agree with you. And we have just a couple of minutes left, but... When I was on city council, that was a really eye-opening time. It was uh, Obama was president. It was 2012 to two, uh, 2016. And they started talking about this multiplier effect from government spending. And I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. How about the multiplier effect if I got to keep my own money in my pocket and I would go out and uh, I, I would uh, save or I would invest or I would uh, spend on things that that um, I found value in. And then that would make jobs for all those people. So I thought, what about the individual multiplier? And when that occurred, also, most I call them PBIs, politicians and bureaucrats and interested parties. They're not working for free. So that money they take from us to create whatever their multiplier is, they make sure that they're they're being paid before that money goes on down the road. And so I, I think we can make the case for lower taxes, lower regulations, so that individuals can make that decision. Uh, Jay, we've got about a minute left. Your final thought. Um, well, keep the faith, folks, because I do think there is truth with the capital T. I do think the uh, the principle that you should consider, you might want to consider, of course it's your decision, is the sanctity of the individual, what promotes your ability to make your own choices and what enhances that, because I see that our nation, uh, the freedom of our nation, uh, capitalism is an outgrowth of that freedom, and each one of us individually uh, are all connected in that sense. And I hope that the mega-Republicans and the never-Trumpers uh, can put aside their differences because they're horrendous differences and and think about where this nation's going. And it, Trump isn't the problem or the never-Trumpers isn't, isn't the problem. The left is the problem. So why aren't we fo- focusing on that? Final point I'd like to make is that Republicans need to talk about what they will do and be very emphatic about that. And uh, instead of saying what's wrong with the nation, I know what's wrong with the nation. I don't need to hear it again. 
So what are you going to do? And if it's promoting the individual and freedom, I'm in favor of it. If it's not, I'm against it. Well, I, I agree with you on that, Jay Davidson. I thank you so much. I wish your family a very happy new year, prosperous 2023, and uh, we've got a lot of work to do on that. Amen. Happy holidays. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Jay Davidson. And my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America.